So, so good to see you all. You all look beautiful. Some of you are more beautiful than others. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Well, you know who's listening at that point. I saw who smiled back at me. I, um, I was just in, um, I was gone last weekend. I was in England with the David's Tent crew. And um, David's Tent is a, a ministry that um, does a lot of worship gatherings. And a bunch of our friends from years ago, a bunch of people who were discipled in this church uh, started that ministry in England. And uh, some of them were even discipled right here in our midst. And so I was, it was a blessing for me to go speak there and be part of that. But I've been struggling with my voice ever since I got back. So forgive me for the rough voice. Um, but uh, some of the people, some of our friends, if you're new to our congregation, you might not know them as well, but um, the Sandors and the Buellers, uh, it's uh, Mike and Diane's son and daughter-in-law, and Alona's mom, they're going to be here to um, help Alona get back to San, San Diego from the U, and Tiffany's going to be speaking here on May 1st, so if you want to hear Tiffany, make sure you're here on May 1st. Uh, one of the other founders, one of our other friends, um, there are two actually brothers, Eric Sandor and Rolf Sandor, they're friends of ours as well. And uh, we prayed so much for Eric's uh, wife and family as, as she was battling cancer and she died. And it was so hard. It was hard for all of us because we were believing in faith for her and also um, another friend at that time. And they passed away. And it was so hard uh, thinking about uh, what Kelly Joe shared this morning, that sometimes we come to Resurrection Sunday grieving the loss because we we're grieving death and that's what the disciples did with jesus they grieved death excuse me when jesus died but eric sandor spoke one here after sunday here from this pulpit on an easter after emma had died and he comes from the anglican tradition so he stood at this pulpit and he would say christ is risen and we would all say He'd say, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Thank you. That's a little tradition from the Anglicans I'd like to borrow today. And amen, right? And when we do it, I'm remembering Eric. I'm remembering those amongst us here who've lost people that we love. I'm remembering the grief that we've all experienced at different times and places. And yet, I want to borrow some of that faith from Eric and declare today, Christ is risen. Thank you. What, <laughs> one of my favorite Bible commentators, her name is and preachers is Ruth Ellen Davis. She's old. I think she might have even passed away. You, I can't find her. I can only find her work. I can't find any information about her on the internet. Not that I've tried that hard. But I love her books. And she has this phrase that she uses a lot. She says, whether or not I understand it, the Bible insists. And she'll say it in different ways over and over again. And one of the things that the Bible insists is the resurrection. Whether or not we understand it, it's something the Bible insists upon. All four gospels record it. Matthew says it this way. 
It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning. I love that phrase. As the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. There were so many Marys. How do we know which Mary, right? <laughs> but suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. Then the angel spoke to the woman and said, don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't there here. He has risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. Galilee, you will see him there. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. Christ is risen. Thank you. He did indeed appear to his disciples. And the early church believers were eyewitnesses to his resurrection. Acts 4.33 says, with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. The apostle Paul resolved to preach nothing but Christ crucified and resurrected. Romans 6 says, since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. Hallelujah. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. And we're going to talk about the glory of God here in a bit. The resurrection is something we hold on to and grasp only by faith. We were not there to witness the empty tomb, to touch his hands and his side, or to see him ascend to heaven. We do, however, by faith affirm Christ is risen. <laughs> Thank you. It's going to be an interactive Sunday. <laughs> We do, however, experience and bear witness to this resurrection life today when we are born again. 1 Peter 1.3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So there's this parallel between being born again and resurrection life. We come out of death. We come out of a place of darkness and into the light of Christ. Our eyes are open. Our spirits are renewed. And we enjoy the wonder and delight of being a child again. We have a new friend who is experiencing being born again. It's just so fun to watch. I feel like a parent watching a kid learn to walk again. And you know what? She sent me an email the other day and she says, it's one line. It says, I don't think I've felt this free since I was a child. Hallelujah. That's called resurrection life. That's called being born again. So I want to talk about the resurrection story, but I want to do it from the perspective of Lazarus's story. The story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead is a foreshadowing of Jesus's own resurrection. So by looking at the Lazarus story, it's almost as if we can get Jesus's commentary on what's going to happen to him when what comes next. I love that, that we could maybe get Jesus's perspective on what he's about to go through. 
It's just an idea. We're going to be creative here in a bit. In, jo- in the Gospel of John, the Lazarus story is a turning point in the whole book. And it's the seventh sign. John sets up his gospel with seven signs, miraculous signs. The other writers have lots of different signs and different numbers, but John has seven for a reason. And the story of Lazarus coming to life again is the seventh sign. So it's the seventh one. And we know in Hebrew culture and Jewish culture, seven is a sign of completion or perfection. We have seven days of creation, seven churches. There's lots of sevens. Ask our friend Vivian. She loves to talk about the sevens. But not only is this miracle the last of the seven signs, it's also the dramatic conclusion of his earthly or of his public ministry. Right after the resurrection of Lazarus, we go into Mary anointing his feet for his death. Remember when she announces that she's um, anointing him for his burial. And then the next one after that is the Lord's Supper. So this is his last public ministry. Repeatedly, John mentions that this miracle revealed Jesus and led people to believe in him. So I'm going to tell the Lazarus story in a creative way. I'm going to pretend I was there. Okay? So come along with me. Join in the spirit of it. Imagine you were with me. And we're part of the group of mourners. That's what would happen when someone died. Sometimes a group of mourners would come, the people who would grieve, and they would join the family that's mourning and be with them. So imagine you and I, we all live in Jerusalem, and we've met at a table someplace outside the market. I don't know, maybe your house, maybe mine. And I'm a professional mourner, and I've just come back to town to tell you about this funeral I was at and just exactly what I witnessed. Excuse me. Now, you are my dear friend. We've been friends a long, long time. And you were with me, and you know that I never recovered from the loss of the death of my own husband and young child, my daughter. And you know that after that loss, I never really wanted to live again, so I thought I'll just become a professional mourner. I can do that because I'm acquainted with death, I'm acquainted with grief, I'm acquainted with loss. I know the numbness and anger and fatigue, and I'm here to bear witness with other people to their loss and their grief and the depths of pain that we feel of death and disappointment. So we're at this table. Let me tell you what I saw. I was in Bethany, and in Bethany, there's this man named Lazarus, and Lazarus was really, really sick. He lived with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Now, Jesus is a dear friend of this family, this set of siblings. Jesus is always going to their house. It's almost like he's like their home away from home or his home outside of Jerusalem. He's just always there. And you know what? Not only is he always there, but he actually teaches Mary and Martha along with his disciples. Yes, It's a very peculiar community of people, but that's where I went. I went to this house in Bethany. And since Lazarus was sick, his two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, 
Lord, your friend, your dear friend, the one you love is sick. And that's all they told him. That's all they told him. They didn't tell him what they wanted him to do. They probably assumed that he would drop what he was doing and come, but he didn't. So maybe they thought, maybe if they just told him that he was sick, maybe they thought he might heal Lazarus like he did the centurion's servant. Remember when he just said the word from a distance and the, the servant was healed? But no, Jesus didn't do that either. When Jesus heard about it, this is what he said. He said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it's happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. His disciples didn't seem to know what he meant, and I certainly don't know what he meant. Doesn't make much sense to me. Jesus is a very unusual man. You always want to be near him, but you never know what he's going to do or where he's going to take you. So get this, although Jesus loves Martha, Mary, and Lazarus so much, he stayed where he was for the next two days and didn't do a thing. He's like the doctor, you know, the doctor who gives you says, I have bad news and worse news. And you say, what's the bad news? And he says, you're going to die in 24 hours. And then I'm like, what's worse than that? And he says, oh, I've been trying to get a hold of you since yesterday. That's what he's like. <laughs> anyway, after two days, he tells his disciples, I'm going to go back to Bethany. But they object. They, they say, don't you know, Jesus, that everyone is always trying to kill you in Bethany? Why would you go back there, Jesus? But Jesus tells them, don't worry. We're going to walk in the light, and God's timing is perfect. Let's go see Lazarus. Then Jesus said this, just to be clear, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. The three-day period of being sure his soul was departed was long over. It's as if Jesus was waiting for Lazarus to be really dead. We were all there doing our best to comfort Martha and Mary in their loss. They were devastated. Someone said that Jesus was coming. And when Martha got word, she went out to meet him. But Mary, she stayed in the house. You know, we all grieve in different ways. Some of us, we get out there and try to organize and get things in order and fix whatever we can. It helps us feel better. Some of us get angry. And some of us just sit there, numb, cold. But when Martha saw Jesus, through the bitter disappointment etched in her face, she was blunt as she always is. Even in her bluntness, she somehow managed to express a little bit of faith in him. And she said, Lord, if only you had been here my brother would not have died. But I know God will give you whatever you ask. 
And then you know what Jesus said? He looked at her and said, your brother will rise again. Oh yeah, said Martha. I know, he'll rise when everyone else rises on the last day. But then Jesus said something different. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Do you believe me, Martha? Yes, Lord, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. I have, I have always believed. It was a little bit as if she was challenging Jesus. Show us, Jesus. Show us. Show us who you really are. That Martha and Mary, they have always followed and believed in this Jesus, but I never understood their devotion until now. Martha went to get Mary and told her quietly, the teacher is here and he wants to see you. So Mary immediately went up outside the village. Everyone assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they, all the mourners and all the friends and family, all started off to the tomb. Now, when Mary saw Jesus, she crumbled at his feet. And like Martha said the exact same thing, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. No one could understand why he'd leave them alone in such circumstances. And Jesus, when Jesus saw her weeping, and then he heard all of the wailing coming in the distance to the tomb, this deep, visible anger welled up within him. It was as if the whole tyranny of death had come to taunt him. And the sound the sound from deep within him, in all my days of grieving, even the loss of my own husband and precious daughter, I haven't heard such a sound from a man. He sounded like a horse snorting and stomping the earth before battle. And he was, he was deeply, even what seemed like violently troubled, as if he were bearing the weight of the world. It's something I could not imagine. And from there he said, where have you put Lazarus? And we replied, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. You can't even imagine the sound. We can all feel it in our bones. How much he loved Lazarus. But some said, oh, that man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still really upset when he arrived at the tomb. 
It was a cave with a big stone rolled across the entrance. And Jesus said, roll the stone aside. Martha protested, oh, Lord, he's been dead over four days. The smell will be terrible. We shouldn't do this. But Jesus looked at her and asked, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you would believe? So we did it. We all got together and we rolled the stone aside. And at this moment, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. I know you always hear me, but I'm saying it out loud for everyone here that they will know and believe that you have sent me. And then Jesus shouted into that dark, cold tomb, Lazarus, come out. And then it happened. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And then Jesus told us, unwrap him and let him go. And we did, and he was free. He was whole, he was healed. I saw it with my own eyes. Martha and Mary wept tears of relief and joy and wonder. Songs of thanksgiving poured out of their mouths. We all started singing the Hallel songs, even though it wasn't Passover. It's the only thing we could sing. It came to memory. Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is, how good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. I believed in you. So I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety, I cried out to you. These people are all liars. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. Oh Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. I will ever be changed by what I witnessed with Martha, Mary, Lazarus, and Jesus. I have had so much unhealed grief. I have been unreconciled to death. The cords of death have surrounded me because of what I have seen and experienced. But if Jesus is the son of God, then I've seen God struggle visibly with the same violent emotion that comes upon us at the death of someone we know and love. 
We, they were just like us, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and Jesus. They were just like us in a moment of crisis. Martha and Mary with Jesus, trusting one another to speak their minds fully and pushing against one another, pressure from all the sides building so that everyone moved forward to a new place, to a place where new possibilities began to unfold, to a place where God's glory could be seen. Now, there were lots of others there who seemed afraid and intimidated, and they left and told the high priests, and I think they're up to no good. We should see what happens. Like I said earlier, you never know where Jesus might take you. But as for me, I have seen Jesus challenge death, and I witnessed a stone rolled away and Lazarus coming forth, and I believe. Amen. You want to come on up, Kelsey, in the band? I tell this resurrection story this way today because as we celebrate Jesus, the risen Christ, I want us to remember that Jesus was flesh and blood just like us. There's no shame in tears, no shame in saying, if only you had been here. Jesus understands grief, and he loves us. He loves us just like he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, each by name. He loves Stephanie. He loves Micah. He loves Kevin. He loves Lisa. He loves Christian. He loves each of us by name. He knows us. He knows where we're at. Martha says to Mary, the teacher is here and he wants to see you. He wants to see you. And then Jesus asked Martha and Mary, where have you put Lazarus? The invitation today is that Jesus is asking us, where have you put the dead things? Where have you put the disappointments, the dreams, the relationships? Where have you put Lazarus? May we respond like Martha and Mary, Lord, come and see. Come and see. May we open up the tombs in our lives, open up the dark places in our lives, and allow Jesus to come in. Jesus took Martha on a journey intended to stretch and build her faith and bring God glory. He gave Martha a promise, your brother will rise again. Jesus drew attention to himself. I am the resurrection and the life. There's nothing else that can complete us, nothing else that can fulfill us. And Jesus called upon Martha to confess her faith. Do you believe? She responded, I believe. Jesus called her to act on her faith. Roll away the stone, unwrap him, and let him go. Jesus invites us today to do the same. I'm here on this Resurrection Sunday to tell you Jesus is here and he wants to see you. He wants to meet you in your fear, your disappointment, your grief. 
He has resurrection life for you. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die again. We don't always get it or understand it. But we have witnessed in our own ways that Christ is risen. The question is, will we believe?